Welcome to Paris Talks, a podcast that explores big and innovative ideas about the future of humanity. Each week, we talk to a thought leader about trends shaping the near and far future of humankind. Thank you for listening. We hope you love the show. Our next and final speaker, though, will be discussing the very messy breakup on many of our minds, and that would be the one of Brexit. Um, he'll be looking at its implications for popular confidence in global leadership. He is a European journalist who's presented and produced TV and radio programs across the continent. Uh, he's worked for France Television, France Inter, Arte, Vox, Deutschland, the BBC, and Euronews. Please welcome Alex Taylor. Thank you very much indeed. I'm um, a journalist. I'd like to talk about what I think are the uh, main themes at the moment which um, affect politics, which, are, which is identity, but also sincerity, because I think there's a, a problem with uh, sincerity at the moment. I'd like to illustrate that through Brexit. Right, my story is I was, uh, I'm British, so I've, 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 I grew up in the 60s. I'm probably older than all of you put together. Um, I grew up in the 60s. Um, I was a little boy. I knew that I found men more attractive than women, um, but there wasn't a word for that. I grew up in Cornwall, which was uh, uh, a part of, of, of Britain, and I felt very alone. I couldn't talk to anybody because the word gay uh, uh, came about uh, about uh, 20 years later, when I was 20. So for me, um, I had to find a way out. I came at the beginning of the 80s to France, and I spoke another language so I could be somebody else, and I could be me. Uh, I wasn't surrounded by all the judgments and everything. Um, so it's part of my identity was as being a European. I came over here. I've been a European ever since. I've always considered myself as a European uh, living in, in Europe. I've been here for 40 years. Uh, I've gone through all kinds of things, uh, doing journalism, knocking on doors and everything, doing TV programs and yet having no money a lot of the time or sometimes being successful. But it's been a great journey because I've been here. It's part of my identity all of a sudden was being European. I owe it so much. This free movement that we have in the European Union that anybody in Europe can go and live, work, love, uh, say, je t'aime, ich liebe dich, or whatever, in, in different countries. And it's really made my life fantastic. And then all of a sudden, this Brexit thing happened. And I was live on television. And um, they said, can we have your reaction? <laughs> and I said, well, wow. Um, this is the first time I feel quite as if I've had a part of my identity ripped out of me. It was absolutely something I've taken for granted. You know that, um, I think it's Janis Joplin's song, You Don't Know What You've Got Till It's Gone. It was in my head all the time. So they took away my European... I didn't even have a vote, because British people who live abroad for more than 15 years weren't allowed to vote in a, in a referendum, which took away, which is taking away, maybe will in two weeks' time, take away all our rights. So it hurt. So why I'm telling you this is because um, I think there's a big... I've been very sincere, because I don't think it's worth telling stories unless people are sincere. Um, but I think there's a major problem of sincerity, which is at the, the, the heart of Brexit. We're two weeks away from it. I don't know if you've been watching what's happening in the British Parliament this week. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. Tuesday, they all 
dismiss the biggest defeat in history, the second biggest defeat, because the first one was a month ago, uh, Mrs. May's deal. This, uh, all of them, even those who wanted Brexit, they all defeat the deal. We don't want this deal. We don't want this deal. So she goes away, changes not very much, comes back and says, we don't want this deal on Tuesday. So they rejected the deal. The next day, they come back and they reject no deal. So I don't agree very much with Mrs. May, but she came in and said, well, you have to know what you want. If you don't want my deal, then you're going to have no deal in two weeks' time. So that's what happened on Wednesday. They all come back again on Thursday, and they say, well, we don't know what's happening. We're going to now ask if we can have some more time to sort out whether we want a deal or no deal or whatever. I mean, it's just ludicrous. Why? I've never seen... Obviously, I used to be very proud to be... I'm still very proud to be British, but although now... I've become French. The first thing I did when I heard Brexit was happening is I started getting all the bits of paper together. Um, and I became French last year. I was in fantastic ceremony at the Pantheon where the, the French army sang the Marseillaise. It was just me. There were 300 of us. But it was just really moving because it made me change my identity. I love France. I've been living in France for 40 years. But I wanted to remain European. And so I think there's a, a, a huge problem. Why has this come about? It's because of the sincerity, or lack of it, of politicians. The whole campaign, I mean, you probably know this, but if you just Google the British press, 83% of articles, not only during the referendum, but for years in the British press, which all were owned by people who don't like Europe because of their financial interests, 83%, we have press every day with headlines like migrants come and pinch things in your house when you're not there. That, the headlines like that, day in, day out, look at them. The Daily Express, the Daily Mail, even intelligent. I mean, a lot of British people, have, I'm sure there's some here, so please don't attack me afterwards. But a lot of us are quite intelligent. But when you read that day in, day out, you do think that Europe is responsible for this. And it creates an atmosphere where people who do have um, things to, 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 to complain about, things that, that, that affect them, suddenly see Europe as responsible for all their problems. So people voted for this thing. And the problem is that after all the manipulation, there's a real problem of sincerity because um, who do we have leading um, Brexit? Theresa May campaigned telling people it would be very bad for the UK to leave the European Union. Then all of a sudden, because David Cameron, who called the referendum and then skedaddled off afterwards, uh, there was, she wanted to become prime minister. So she becomes prime minister to defend the very thing that she had campaigned against. I mean, you couldn't make it up. The first woman prime minister in, in Britain, Mrs., Mrs. Thatcher, I had every reason not to like her. As you say, I'm gay. She made homophobic laws called Clause 28, if you want to Google it. I mean, I, I have reasons not to like, but I respect her a lot because she came into politics to defend convictions that she had, which don't happen to be mine, but she, she came in to defend something she believed in. Mrs. May tells everybody this will be a disaster, and then uh, she becomes prime minister and says Brexit means Brexit. Opposite her, on the left, we have Jeremy Corbyn, who has spent the last 40 years voting against any single law which has the, mo the, wo the, the word Europe in it. He, he obviously doesn't like Europe, and yet because... Most of his MPs, his um, politicians, and most of the people who vote for his party were for Remain. He has to pretend to be a Remainer. 
I mean, you've got this ludicrous situation where you have a, a, somebody who campaigned for, for, to stay is pretending to be a, a lever and, and, and the opposite. You see what I'm saying? The reason why what's happening this week and the reason why perhaps in two weeks' time Britain is going to leave... I mean, I saw a tweet... Um, this morning from the International Trade Secretary. I don't know if you've realised where we are. I hope there's no, is there anybody here from Papua New Guinea? He tweeted how, how proud he was to have done a trade uh, deal with Papua New Guinea. And it's a trade deal which is exactly a rollover of what they had before when they were in the European Union. I mean, you couldn't make it up. He's very proud of that. There's hardly anything else. They're going to get eaten by the United States with chlorinated chicken and everything. It's, I mean... <laughs> The whole country is being put through this because of a problem of manipulation, lies, lack of conviction, and sincerity. And all I wanted to say, it's a very personal story, but this has really affected me, and I think identity is at the heart. We used to live in a world where everything was about the, the verb have. And I think we're going more and more to a world where everything is about to be, who you are. It's a very important thing. Identity has, has been obviously because I had problems with my identity when I was a little boy. It's right at the heart of my life choices, but I think it should also be at the very heart of what our politicians represent, what inspires them, and what leads them to lead our country. Because if it isn't, then we're in that kind of mess, which if you all look at Google at the moment, is going on in Britain with two weeks to go, and they have no idea what's going to happen in two weeks. That's where we are. just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening. The Paris Talks podcast is recorded live at Paris Talks conferences in France and brought to you with the support of Air Liquide and Radio France International. For more information, please visit www.paris-talks.com.